the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, Week 12, NFL Best Bets. We are coming to you early in the week. We have shuffled our schedules. We've done some musical chairs in the analyst role because the holidays are here. Happy Thanksgiving. We have the Touchdown Show host, frequent guest Jill Gallant. Show airs on Sunday mornings at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on the Action app. We welcome in Nick Giffen, who is a contributor to Predictive Analytics at Action Network. He's always got you covered on Bet What Happens Live during those standalone primetime spots on the Action app. And Anthony DeBundo joining us from Action Network HQ. He has removed himself from World Cup coverage, and he puts his 3-0 best bets record on the line, helping us out. Week 11, below 500 for the first time in a couple of weeks. We went 4-5, and 56-40-2 for the season. You can find the picks for the show over in the Action app, Action Network NFL Picks. There you can also find the Sunday six-pack with Raybon and Stucky. First best bet will come from Jill today. As a reminder, these guys have not consulted one another before starting this best bets record. So we may have overlap. We may have contradictions. That's what makes it fun. Jill, Get us started, please. Absolutely. So I'm going to start, Brendan, at the Thanksgiving slate, and I'm going to be looking at Cowboys versus Giants. Now, I'm not going to take a side or total this time, as I usually like to bet anytime touchdowns. Make sure to watch the touchdown show on 1130 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Shameless plug. Now, I want to bet a touchdown in this game, and I think the guy that we got to bet is Dak Prescott for an anytime touchdown at plus 400. So why we're going to look at Dak, Starting to run a bit more, coming back off of that injury. He did score in their last home game versus the Bears. For reference, he was plus 350 for an anytime touchdown in that game. And when you look at the history of Dak Prescott, obviously you think of the ankle surgery and the shoulder injury from last year. But overall, he scored 26 rushing touchdowns in 90 games. The reason why I bring that up is when you look at where he's been scoring them, and if you just look at his career splits, 17 of those touchdowns have been scored at Jerry World. So that's usually where he feels a little more comfortable being able to play in the turf instead of just out in the elements. Now, when the Cowboys, they played the Giants in week three, bit of a run show, both Pollard and Zeke averaged over six yards per carry. Uh, you know, Pollard as well had over 100 yards rushing. Um, now, the Giants, they're the only NFC East team that Prescott has not scored a touchdown yet in his wow. career. I think that's going to change here for Thanksgiving, uh, especially with what we just saw last week where they got pretty much run over the entire game, four rushing touchdowns by the Lions between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. So I think Dak Prescott could be in a great spot here to score a touchdown at plus 400. So that is my first best bet of week 12. Love it. Love it. Yes. Pollard, Zeke being back, but there it allows the offense to be more multiple. I think it's a good point. And that gives Dak maybe some opportunity, Mike McCarthy and company to scheme it up and be creative offensively, especially in the red zone. Let's go to Nick Giffen now. What do you have for us, Nick? First pick. Yeah, I'm going to tail. Well, not tail, but I'm going to stick with 
my touchdown show partner, Jill, and I'm going to go with an anytime touchdown bet. But this time I'm heading over to New England versus Minnesota, and I'm taking KJ Osborne anytime touchdown at plus 370 odds. What I really like here is KJ Osborne. He's played 27 games at wide receiver in his career, and he has scored a touchdown in nine of them. So that is one in three, which would equate to plus 200 odds. We're getting plus 370 here. That's really nice. Now, they do face the New England Patriots, who are very good against the pass. But New England's weakest point against the pass is passes over the middle and passes under 15 yards. Well, Kirk Cousins, of course, for Minnesota, his strength has been over the middle this year. In sub-20 passes over the middle third of the field, he has been above average or way above average, according to next-gen stats. So definitely like K.J. Osborne to you know potentially get into the end zone. I think we're getting a really nice price at plus 370. So my only response to that would be, given how multiple we talk about it with Dallas, with Minnesota's offense, something might be going on with Justin Jefferson and the toe. I guess that could help, but... It's a team, of course, that's motivated after only scoring three points last week against Dallas. With New England defensively, Osborne jumps out to you as far as they, they just don't cover the position well enough over the middle? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, KJ Osborne mostly lines up in the slot and his average depth of target is sub nine yards. So with New England struggling to cover the middle of the field, especially in the, the shorter portion of that middle of the field and that being Kirk Cousins strength so far this year I think it just lines up really well in terms of a matchup plus I mean you're getting plus 370 for a guy who scored in a third of his games in his career yeah and one of the things I was going to actually add to that um, Nick is a lot of people when they look for touchdown odds and stats they'll be looking at how a team fares against a certain player like specifically a position and a lot of people will immediately see that the Patriots have given up seven touchdowns to tight ends this year so they'll immediately think oh I should bet TJ Hawkinson well the one reason why I would suggest maybe you don't want to look at Hawk specifically for this week one, he's around plus 200 to plus 210 odds, probably not indicative enough for an implied probability based on what he would actually do against this defense. But also, that was specifically over a three-game stretch early in the, earlier in the year. They gave up three touchdowns to tight ends against the Ravens and then gave up another two touchdowns to, I believe, the Packers as well. That was over an early part of the stretch where I think the Patriots overall as a team were struggling they haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end over the last five games and no touchdown has got or a tight end has gotten over 50 yards of receiving so I would just be a little cautious I would say this is the reason why we want to consider KJ in this spot because you're getting him around the plus 350 to plus 400 odds as opposed to Hawk whereas the best you might get plus 200. It's a legitimate test for the Patriots as well. They've beat Zach Wilson twice. They beat up on Jared Goff. Now, say what you want about Kirk Cousins in prime time, but compared to other quarterbacks the Patriots have faced, Cousins actually presents a formidable uh, test for this Patriots defense. Let's go to DeBundo. His first pick is actually going to be in this game too. Yeah, I'm taking the under 42 and a half uh, right now. I think the most interesting angle here is that the New England offense has been one of the worst in the passing game all season long, and they havenven't played an elite schedule of defenses. Uh, 26th in passing DVOA, definitely concerning. Also the Minnesota defense, you know, they got exposed a little bit last week, but that was against a multi-dimensional offense that can pass and run. I think the New England offense is, has been so limited that it, it draws a little bit of concern here for their offense. Minnesota's red zone defense also has been pretty unlucky. They're the worst red zone defense in the league. We know that those tend to regress toward means uh, over the course of the season. So 
I do think there could be some positive regression for this Minnesota uh, red zone defense facing a New England red zone offense that's really struggled to establish itself. Sedarius Smith did or was a limited participant in the uh, Monday practice. If they had had one, they listed him as limited. So he's trending toward potentially playing in this game, which would help them get more pressure on Mac Jones and limit that offense. Bill Belichick made a really interesting comment saying basically that they had put some stuff in for the Vikings during the bye week uh, and started preparing for the Vikings. They got a little bit of a scheduling advantage because they played the Jets. Then they had the bye. Then they played. Uh, then they had another game against the Jets. Essentially played them uh, twice in a month, so they didn't have to do quite as much prep for that. They got extra time to get ready for Kirk. And Christian Darrisaw, the left tackle for the Vikings, is concussed in protocol. I would be very surprised if he was able to come and play on a short week on Thursday night. So that would make the Vikings even more conservative, especially after what happened last week with Kirk getting just crushed by the Cowboys' pass rush. New England is top five in adjusted sack rate, so. I think that both defenses will uh, will win the day here, and it'll be a pretty conservative approach for both offenses, uh, especially if Darisaw is out, because they're not going to want to expose Kirk to a ton of pressure. That's where he tends to really struggle, and then New England can get pressure. So that's really uh, where I see this one, under 42.5, 41 being the key number that I would, I would no longer play it at. This game does fit the criteria of Thursday night football under is 17 and eight in the last 25 games on Thursday night. Bill Belichick has been a covering machine as it pertains to the under. He has been on the side of the under. That is when you see numbers like 40, 42, 45, well in the low 60 to mid 70 percentile. That's courtesy of our own Evan Abrams. So Belichick in that spot. Um, as well as the, uh, the the Patriots offense being quite limited, as we've been able to tell now through 11 weeks. Yeah, and, and New England's uh, defense is number one in DVOA. I think that is a little bit inflated. You know, you mentioned it with the quarterbacks they face, you know, facing Zach Wilson twice. They got to play Sam Ellinger. There was some pretty bad teams Jeez. that they got to go up against in that in that bunch. But Minnesota's offense is not particularly good when you look at their play-to-play numbers. They're right around league average in most metrics from DVOA to EPA per play. They've gotten uh, some some fortunate wins that I think have made people think they're much better than they actually are. And I think the offense has been the main culprit of uh, the main beneficiary of, of that. Thanks for mentioning Ellinger because it's him, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky. I forgot some of the ones that jump out. Zach Wilson deserves to be on that list. Make no Justin mistake. F- Justin Fields was, I guess that was the Fields breakout game, but yes. yeah, there's a, there's a rough list of quarterbacks that they faced. And, uh, and then that's the modern NFL this year though. There's <laughs> like, there's only, you know, seven or eight good teams. So you're playing a we're lot staying, of bad teams. We're going to stay on Thursday night. Jill's second pick. Yeah. And, and Debundo, I think you're right, man. You made a lot of key points of why I'm leaning to this pick as well. And why I've made this pick is that I'm going to be taking the Patriots to cover the spread and potentially win outright against the Vikings, because like you were saying, very limited from the past, but their specialty is running the ball. Vikings are bottom five and touchdowns allowed by running backs. And over the last two games, I know that obviously you're facing very, very versatile offenses in both Buffalo and Dallas, but 63 points over those last two games. And the key thing that I thought was more troubling is how many yards they've given up over a thousand yards combined, just running and and passing the ball from those two offenses, especially um, some offenses that do have some limitations. Maybe I'm just being a uh, glass half empty Cowboys fan. I just still think that their offense is a little capped on some of the things that they can do, but also, like you just said about the, the Patriots defense, you know, they're top five in sacks and interceptions. And that's kind of what the Cowboys defense was as well. And you just saw kind of what happened, especially when 
Christian Darislaw is not playing. They gave up seven sacks to the Cowboys. Like they could not do anything on third down. And I thought that was a little bit of an issue where I think that actually the Patriots probably saw a lot of that and thought that was probably a way that they can exploit uh, this uh, offense. Now, Dalvin Cook uh, only have allowed four rushing touchdowns all year by the Patriots. So that's a little bit troubling as well. Where they, are, they rank top five in yards and, and, um, and uh, receptions to running backs, you know, they're top five for wide receiver receptions, yards and touchdowns. So Jefferson and co could probably have a difficult time scoring. Uh, that's probably been my biggest thing where I just feel like this game is a little bit closer. I was kind of wishing that we could get the three, but I'll still, I would recommend that if you don't like the two and a half, just take the Patriots outright. Cause I do think the Patriots will win this game, but I got a couple of trends as well from Evan Abrams. Uh, he does a weekly betting primer for the action network. I'll also have something up for Thanksgiving. Just so I wanted to list off a couple of these trends of why I was considering the Patriots. So this is the fifth time, fifth time that Belichick has played on Thanksgiving. He's three and one straight up and against the spread. Um, they have faced uh, seven teams with a 75% win percentage on short rest over the last decade. They're six and one straight up and five and two against the spread in that spot. And the Vikings, this was something that I think you were kind of hinting to Debundo as well about how they're kind of mediocre because they have a negative point differential despite being eight and two straight up over the last 15 years. Uh, Belichick has faced 11 teams in November or later who are above 500, but have a negative point differential. And those teams, those opponents are one and nine straight up 0 and 10 against the spread against the Patriots. It's kind of one of those things that where it just kind of lines up where I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do enough where Belichick's kind of defensive scheme won't necessarily keep them in check. So I do think the Patriots will keep this very close. You could take the plus two and a half as a safer spot, or you could take the outright win if you're feeling a little more dangerous. I'm going to take the safer angle. I'm going to take the plus two and a half. I feel like you almost buried the lead too. Kirk Cousins in prime time is just brutal. 10 and 18 straight up, 11 and 17 against the spread. The third least profitable quarterback on the money line at night in the last 20 years. Stafford and Dalton. That's the kind of company Kirk Cousins holds in this spot. We do not like champion, that. Champion Matt Stafford. This is true to Bundo, but of course, most of those numbers that game was prime time. Well, he's a, and he's a Thanksgiving quarterback, as we know, Stafford over the years with those lions, but they play to start your day when you're just getting to the, to the relatives home or the grandparents home or wherever you decide to spend your Thanksgiving day. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for Stafford winning a super bowl, but that's that, that was lions numbers, Matt Stafford, Nick Giffen. Let's go back to you. Second best bet. Yeah, we're going to move away from Thanksgiving now and uh, turn our attention to the weekend. And I'm Leftovers, to, baby. Oh, yeah, the leftovers. You got to have them. Make sure you got some leftovers for this game because I'm looking at Tampa Bay versus Cleveland, and I'm going to take the first half under 20 and a half total points. Uh, there might be a 21 or a 21 and a half floating around there, but uh, definitely like the under here because – Look at the early forecast, 20 mile an hour winds. Oh, baby. And if you're a little uncertain about, well, what if the forecast shifts? Well, the day before is still supposed to be about 11 mile an hour winds. And the day after is still supposed to be about 15 mile an hour winds. So we're still going to have a windy day. Also calling for some rain here. So it could be a sloppy, windy day. And that's not all. So both Tampa Bay and Cleveland believe it or not, actually play faster than the NFL average. So why am I taking the under? Well, in the first half, 
they both play a lot slower and then speed up in the second half in pace of play. And these stats are courtesy of my predictive analytics colleague, Billy Ward. But in the first half, they actually combine for about three, select, three seconds slower than league average. Uh, so, you know, you got these teams that are playing slower in the first half, plodding along. You know, obviously Cleveland's going to be running the ball. Tom Brady with his shorter passing, that's going to run the clock. And then you also have the wind, the rain potential. So I like this first half under the, the overall total is around 42 and a half to 43 and a half points. Uh, and so half of that would be like right around 21. So we should be going much lower than that based off of the pace of play. And of course, just in general, I like the under from the wind here. So give me the under between Tampa Bay and Cleveland first half. Bucks are laying three and a half of the full game and sort of to Nick's point on the full game total Tampa to the over one and nine this season, while they have trended in the right direction, they've won their last two still not much offensively. Brady is good off a bye and extra rest historically in his career. And the Browns have been a part of a bunch of overs this year. They are seven and three. They can thank the bills last time out uh, for that in Detroit to contributing to an over. So that's a reflection more of their defense for a run first offense with Jacoby Brissett, still the quarterback, at least for one more week uh, for the, the Cleveland Browns, Anthony DeBundo, your second best bet. Yeah, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half against my Indianapolis Colts. Look, I love Jeff Saturday as a Colts fan. It was a nice couple of weeks. You know, I bet the Colts both weeks. We cashed some tickets, almost got a money line in last week against the Eagles. But now we're laying points. And I think this is a good time to uh, fade the Saturday narrative and go against the Colts at home against Pittsburgh. It's a uh, primetime home game for the Colts. You you know, big time crowd, whatever. But I think uh, there's reasons to believe that these two teams are a little bit uh, fraudulent in their records, at least. Pittsburgh has played the toughest schedule in the NFL. And if you go down their list of results, it doesn't start to look nearly as bad when you consider, yes, they were very competitive in the fourth quarter with Cincinnati. Uh, they played Miami close, held their defense, held Miami to 16 points, which looks better and better every week. But yeah. really this comes down to a major mismatch uh, along the offensive versus defensive line. Now that TJ Watt is back and wrecking games again. And I think that, that that's the biggest concern here. You know, the Colts lines of the past would probably be able to handle Watt a little bit better but neither Braden Smith nor Bernard Ryman uh, give me much confidence for stopping this Pittsburgh team. Pittsburgh's right around league average and sack rate, pressure rate and pass rush win rate like them a little more. And a lot of that came without TJ Watt in the lineup. He missed a lot of the season. So I think Pittsburgh is, is clearly undervalued. I don't think they should be an underdog. I think this should be right around a pick them. And a lot of that has to do with Matt Ryan too, like has played better. And when he gets time, he's still a capable NFL quarterback, but his inability to move in the pocket, I think is going to be a sitting duck for this Pittsburgh team. And they're going to get a ton of pressure and another week of data on parks, Frazier, the offensive play caller for Indianapolis who had never called plays until two weeks ago, the more and more data that I think teams get on the Colts and realize kind of the tendencies, I think the more likely you're going to see uh, Frazier get exposed a little bit as a play caller, even in the second half against Philadelphia, you know, the Colts came out in the first half, running the ball really well, mixing up play calls, very effective. Second half, uh, the play calling got pretty vanilla, pretty predictable. And I think Philadelphia was able to kind of expose some things uh, and, and even as a bad run defense was able to shut down the Colts. So you throw in the red zone concerns that they've had all season long. You throw in Saturday being overly conservative in certain uh, potential game theory, fourth down decision-making. I don't want the Colts as a favorite here. 
I'm going to take Pittsburgh with the points. Now it's sitting at two and a half. That's going to be the official pick. I have not bet it yet. I'm waiting, hoping to see if we can get a three. It's kind of in that okay. you know, dead zone. If we can get a two, if it goes to two, I'll bet it then. Obviously, if it's not going to get to three, uh, there was briefly at three and came back. So I think anytime it gets to three, you're going to see a lot of Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, you're going to get that's going to get hammered out right away. So, you know, kind of line hawk it, but I, I will take two and a half. Also, an excellent, excellent teaser option with the total sitting right around 39 and a half. So uh, I took, I'll, I'll, also t- I'll take the Steelers. I think they're going to win outright in Indy. We took, uh, we're recording this podcast, folks, on, on Tuesday, the 22nd. That game is not till Monday, of course, Monday night when Saturday plays uh, on his old network on, on national TV. But Jeff yeah, Monday. We saw Jeff, Sun, Jeff Sunday is 2-0 against the spread. We'll see how Jeff Monday does. So, and he won't be doing NFL Live. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the number because it was at three earlier this morning on Tuesday morning. But the money's coming in on Pittsburgh. Action app has uh, 94% of the money coming in on Pitt. So are we going to get some twos as opposed to some threes? Or what, what would what would have to happen, do you, do you think, for it to come the other way? That folks think Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett, they're not as good as offensively as they were against Cincinnati. Like what what could, what could occur outside of folks betting the other side for this to get back to three? Yeah, there's not a ton of injury concerns for the Colts. They're actually about as healthy as they've been uh, all season. So that that is one thing that, you know, you don't expect uh, Colts injury news, you know, negative or positive to come out in the next week. I, I do think that, you know, you saw those threes. They didn't last that long. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of threes because uh, yeah, it's, it's such a key number. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it's asymmetric risk, right? So if it goes to two, I'm like, okay, not that big of a deal because the odds of it landing two are much lower than three. But if it gets to three, now I love my bet on the Steelers. Okay, fair enough. So we uh, we have shifted gears to Sunday, but Jill Gallant has had enough. He wants to go back to Turkey Day. Third best bet. Yeah, so this is definitely the turkey neck of bets because it's kind of gross. <laughs> uh, this is the Bills-Lions game, and I'm going to take a team total, and I'm taking an under, under 31 and a half for the Bills. And, you know, you look at that offense and you immediately somebody says they're going to score less than 31 and a half points uh, against the Lions. You're going to say, Jill, you're crazy. But they've only topped this number twice in 10 games. They're 17th. Uh, the Bills are 17th in the NFL in second half points per game as well. They're the type of team they get off to a really fast start and then, you know, they're leading and then they just kind of coast. They're second in the NFL in first half points per game. It drops to about 17th in the second half. Now, the Lions for the season are 29th and second half points per game allowed, but over their last five games over this last stretch where they've won a few, that's actually down to about 11.6, which is in the top 10 in the NFL. Now 31 is kind of the key number here because it's going to be very close. The bills have finished with 31 versus the Browns, 30s versus the Vikings, uh, 27 versus the Packers, 31 versus the Rams in week one, but it's clearly the key number there. Cause once they kind of get to that spot, I think that's kind of where it slows down. Um, the lions, have also been really leaning on their run game. Like Jamal Williams, him having three touchdowns this past week. I don't think that was a coincidence. They're sixth in NFL rush attempts per game. That's just going to bleed that clock. Uh, and they're the type of team as well. I think they're going to try to still establish the run, even though they'll probably get stuffed a lot on first and second down against this team. Um, and if the Lions, if they could just contain the Bills, again, very big if, if, if they can contain the Bills just a little bit in the first half, I think this total will go under. Now, also, 
do have a little bit of a bonus player prop pick that I would consider for this game as well. Right now, just checked out FanDuel odds. Josh Allen's over under rushing yards is at 41 and a half. Very good number here because he has rushed for at least 42 yards in seven of 10 games this season. And dating back to last year, 11 of 14 games overall. And if you just look to see how quarterbacks fare against the Lions, they are last in rushing yards allowed to the quarterback position. So I would be considering Josh Allen for rush yards in this game, along with their team total of under 31 and a half. How about this? The Bills played on Thanksgiving night last year against the New Orleans Saints. Final score, Bills 31, Saints 6. So that would get your under. Josh Allen ran for 43 yards. <laughs> I'm telling you, pretty funny. It's coming. Sounds like a lot of sweating. Now that's a Saints defense. Historically, right. we've respected. We're putting the Saints now. We're asking the Lions to live up to the expectations of a good Saints team. And the Saints allowed 31. What will the Lions the Bills, allow? The Bills' red zone issues seem seem real. Like they just can't yes. run the ball whatsoever, right? And so you know, and everything gets so compact and. They seem real, but like eventually you think they're going to figure it out. But if, if they don't, like it's a field goal fest and they go under again. And we get fooled too, because if you have Devin Singletary in your fantasy team, that that's awesome. That's great. Good for you. The last two weeks he scored touchdowns and he's scoring fantasy points, but they don't really have a running game. I would agree to Bundo. They're not very multiple as we've used. We've used that word a few times now for this game, Thanksgiving game slate, like the Vikings, on, the Cowboys. Uh, do we have a stat on the Bills and, you know, scoring 31 points in the Dome? Because last week at Ford Field, they scored 31 points. And you talk about last year at New Orleans, 31 points. It's got to be something there. There you go. All right. Well, I mean, it, make, it makes sense why the number is set where it is at 31 and a half. Strong play by Jill, hopefully, but it, it, it's compelling. That's for sure. Nick Giffen, your second, your final best bet, pardon me, final best bet. Yeah, I am uh, actually going to go back to Sunday and uh, Sunday night, actually. And I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers plus seven versus the Philadelphia Eagles and this might actually be my favorite play of the bunch uh, of the three I've given out. Now, first of all, our NFL luck rankings at the Action Network. This is the number one luck ranking matchup. Green Bay is 27th in our luck rankings, while Philadelphia is number two in our luck rankings. That's a difference of 25 places. Teams that are at least 16 places more unlucky than their opponent are hitting at around a 57% clip this year against the spread. So definitely like that. But also when we look at uh, something called third order Pythagorean win percentage, which is one of the most effective measures of team strength that you can get at a neutral field, Philly should only be around a two point favorite. Now Philly is at home, but that's not enough to make it up to plus seven. Then also consider this Green Bay's strength this year has actually been running the ball yep. and Philadelphia is a run funnel defense and they've really been exposed in recent weeks on the ground. Philadelphia is third in passing defense DVOA, but 26th in rush defense DVOA. And to, to add to that, Green Bay actually is a rush funnel themselves. So there could be a whole lot of running uh, in this game, keeping the total down, which should keep things a little bit closer and uh, one final little kicker here, uh, Green Bay is, sorry, Philadelphia is missing their first round pick defensive tackle, Jason Davis. Uh, he's been, you know, 
in on about 30 to 40% of snaps when he's been playing this year, but he hasn't played the last few weeks and he'll be out again. So certainly that's maybe a little underrated aspect here. Uh, Obviously Philadelphia didn't cover versus Washington didn't cover versus Indy. I think we're going to see three in a row here where Philadelphia fails to cover and instead green Bay covers at plus seven. So to your point, total feels high, 46 and a half points. It's a, it's a total at night. Unders at night have been rolling. Unders altogether have been good. Aaron Rodgers did cover a big spread at home Sunday night against Buffalo, at, at the biggest underdog of his career. In his career against Philly, 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread. In Philly, he's 3-0 and oh against the number and straight up. So there are some trends, and Rodgers – Typically, as we discussed with that Bills game, he performs well against the spread. 41, 28, and 2 against the spread, Aaron Rodgers at night. So, and, and how good is Philly? It's kind of back to what we said about they're better than Minnesota. I think we can all agree there. But how much better is Philly than Green Bay? Definitely better, but how much better? And you think it's two based on those luck rankings. Okay. Yeah, but, neutral field, definitely two. For sure. All right, DeBundo, take us home. Final best bet. Yeah, I agree. I actually have the Eagles third best in the NFC uh, behind the Niners and the Cowboys now. So I think that the Eagles have gotten exposed a little bit. And the main reason they've gotten exposed is the defense. Uh, Their run success rate is 32nd in the NFL. Dead last. The worst against the run. We saw it with Damian Pierce Thursday night football against Houston. We saw it with the, the commanders two weeks ago and the Colts in the first half were able to run the ball very effectively. And like you mentioned, Davis is out. Very big red flag. They've signed Linval, Joseph, and Dominic and Sue. They were okay, but not great. And they're still, like you mentioned, a run final defense. It's the scheme that's part of the problem, too. The other thing, the Eagles' defense doesn't do as well on early downs as it is in late downs. And I think that that's a little bit concerning, too. Uh, they're outside the top five in dropback success rate on early downs. So there could be a little bit of regression coming. But also, I just think the Packers are going to be able to run the ball very effectively here. I agree with Nick on the... Uh, the plus seven, but I'm also going to bet the team total over 19 and a half points for Green Bay. I do think they'll have success running the ball, and I think that will set them up to have success going further down the field in this game. And I know Rodgers has not been great, uh, and you know you're, you're looking at your, you know, you're watching the game, and you, you know, he's missing open receivers. Like that was pretty evident in the game against uh, Tennessee. They did get extra rest here, so it's a, it's basically like a bye week because they, you know, they played Thursday night and then they don't play again until, uh, you know. Sunday. So it's like a half by, but here's a list of the quarterbacks that the Eagles have faced that their elite pass rush or pass defense has faced this year. Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence in a rainstorm when nobody could throw the ball, Kyler Murray, Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, rookie, Davis Mills, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan. So not one wow. of those quarter. So who are any of those quarterbacks above average? Jared Goff, this season? Too, right? And Jared Goff, yes, and then Kirk Cousins, but they got diced up by Goff. So you know, since they've started playing better, the pass defense I think is a little bit overrated uh, because of that schedule. They've played a lot of bad quarterbacks, and so uh, I think we, we saw Heineke have success. I think we're going to see Rodgers have a lot of success. So I like the the team total over as well as the plus seven. I'll be betting both. Wow. That schedule. I mean, that's been the theme all year, really, for that division. Is look at the schedule these teams have to play, or they have, they've well, been. Well, they all they've all with. they've all been beating up on the on the AFC South. True, uh, which which is nice. You know, Jacksonville, Houston, and Indy three wins for the Eagles. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the you know Pittsburgh, 
Houston, and then, you know, they get the divisional game against Washington with Wentz, and then they lose to Heineke. Uh, th- th- this could be four straight covers uh, for the Eagles opponents. I think that they've reached a point in the market where they're very inflated. Okay. I think that's it, fellas. Great stuff. Have a great Thanksgiving. And by the way, thanks to Nick Giffen, DeBundo being here, Brandon Anderson and Luke Swain out this week. But let's recap the picks before we say goodbye. Joe Gallant is on Dak Prescott. Anytime touchdown score, you can find him around plus 400 at FanDuel. Patriots plus two and a half. Buffalo Bills team total under 31 and a half. All Thanksgiving picks from Jill. Nick is on KJ Osborne of the Vikings. Anytime touchdown plus 370, the current odds over at FanDuel. Tampa Bay and Cleveland, they play Sunday, first half under 20 and a half. That's even money right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And he's on Green Bay plus seven Sunday night. Anthony DeBundo likes the New England, Minnesota under 42 and a half. He's also on Pittsburgh plus two and a half. That's Monday night. And then we go back to Sunday night, Green Bay team total over 19 and a half. All basically primetime spots. This is fun. Thursday, Sunday night football, Monday night football. Good deal. That's going to do it here for the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 12 Best Bets episode presented by FanDuel. Thanks to Jill, Nick, and DeBundo for joining us. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Best of luck. You all have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games. Win some money. We're extremely thankful for all of you tuning into the show. We'll be back Monday morning with the recap episode right here on the Action Network podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. 